I was thinking, no, I can't. Yes, you can. So it was a battle of the mind. I had to battle myself to submit, to try. And I remember there were times when I attempted to try and I failed. But I did not allow my failure to affect my success. I knew if I kept pushing, if I kept working, did, kept doing curls, kept doing squats, kept working my shoulders, I knew there would come a day. And on that day of days, it was 305 pounds. I don't know why, but, but everything, the way the, the weights were on there, it was 305 pounds. And I bench pressed it three times. And that was a big deal. Look at somebody and say, that was a big deal. Why was it a big deal? Because it was a goal in my life that I pursued and I accomplished. Don't let the failures of, of past bench presses, don't let that keep you from pursuing the goal you have, the, the, the idea that you have, the plans that you have. Don't let yesterday's mistakes affect today's miracles. Amen. Oh, no, that'll be, look good in a, a bumper sticker. Don't let yesterday's mistakes affect today's miracles. The... Uh, Fifth thing I would like to bring to your attention is that as he spoke peace that day, he still speaks peace today yes. to your storm. Yes. He speaks peace to your storm. There might be something you've been going through for years and years and years, or there may be something you've been going through for days and days and days. What is important that if it's important to you, Donnie, it's important to God. Right. Understand that. If it's important to you, it's important to God. And through prayer and praise and worship and intercession, God will solve and God will answer and God will bring closure to this problem. It seemed like just to give us another problem. Can anybody relate? I don't know who preached it first. I, I say I preached it first. Perry Stone said he preached it first. Jensen Franklin said he preached it first. I don't know who preached it first. Maybe Pastor Rhonda preached it first for all I know. But we all have a sermon called New Levels, New Devils. And when you grow spiritually, there's still going to be opposition. It just changes. It transitions. The enemy realizes, I can't use this against you anymore. It's not effective. You become immune, Pastor Ramon, to the attacks of the enemy. So he's got to come up with something new to distract you and to hinder you. So no, there's always going to be a battle. There's always going to be a war. There's always going to be a storm. But God will always be in control. They acknowledge him. They acknowledge him. What kind of man is this that even the wind obey? And I wrote here, make sure to acknowledge his power and authority. Make sure to acknowledge God moving in your life. Give him credit. Give him thanks. Give him prophetic thanks. How many knows what prophetic thanks is? Yes. You begin to thank him for things he hasn't done yet. Right. You begin to thank him for things he has promised. Right. You begin to get the same mind that God has and you begin to think like God and begin to remind God of, I really need you to do this before I can do this. And God understands that. God understands promotion. God understands positioning. God understands frustration. He understands all of that. Don't ever get frustrated to a point that you simply give up and quit. Right. I'm sure when I was three years old, I put my parents through hell. I remember some of the things I did through, when I was five. I put myself through hell. I started early. I was a mischievous, I was a loud-mouthed, obnoxious punk kid. And I'm so glad my parents didn't give up on me when I was five. Sure. 
And Jennifer, aren't you glad that you haven't given up on CJ and Cole, no matter how much they, they remind me of me? That, yeah, they remind, yeah, they remind me of me. All boys, healthy, always, always going. But aren't you glad that the mentors in your life and the teachers in your life did not give up on you? Aren't you glad God didn't leave you where he found you? 119 in the gutter, in the very gutter, bound by drugs and bound by all of that junk. He didn't leave me bound. He didn't leave me in the gutter. He lifted me up out of the miry clay and set me upon a rock and put a new song in my mouth. Aren't you glad this morning we don't tell it like it used to be? But aren't you glad this morning we can declare the goodness of God every single day of our life? And we do those things through our prayer, through our praise, and through our worship. Prayer obviously produce, produces intimacy. You become intimate with the one you're praying to. You become intimate with the one you're praying with. And you become intimate with the one you're praying for. Today we pray for the Benefield family, a precious friend of the Davis family, passed away day before yesterday. We'll be going to the funeral today. This precious mom was the pianist when I was a kid growing up in the church. And a few years ago, her husband had a massive heart attack. Her, youngest, her only daughter got septic and almost died. This week, her son passed away. His, his body had a transplant liver and heart, but it just got overwhelmed, and, and, and he died. And so the pressure that must be on her, the pain that must be on her. But I'm going to tell you who else will be at the funeral home today besides Pastor Ron and I. Jesus will be there, and he'll bring his peace. He'll bring his hope. He'll help her get through this day. And we do that through prayer, the intimacy of prayer. And today we pray for her and pray for that family. Praise is your, your close-range weapon. It's a sword that when you and I begin to praise the Lord together, it defeats the enemy. Worship is our spear. It allows us to go into the very presence of God, into the very heart of God, into the very spirit of God, the very soul of God. So when those things are active in your life, when there is a season of prayer daily, there's a season of praise daily, there's a season of worship daily, when you begin to acknowledge who he is and what he can do, he will show up at the mention of the responsibility of his name. Come on. If you call him Jehovah Jireh, he shows up in the responsibility of providing. You call him Jehovah Shalom, he shows up in the responsibility of peace. You call him Jehovah uh, uh, Tzikhanu, he shows up in his righteousness. So the names you begin to declare... That's the person, that, that's the persona, rather, that he's going to appear in your life and answer your questions, solve your problems, tame your storm, and bring calm into your life. Amen. Aren't you glad this morning that he is the peace that passeth all understanding? And I want to say this after reading these few chapters in Mark. I want to say, I can't remember if it was um, Kelly. Oh, goodness can't remember who sang the song, but it says, I know the master of the wind. Yeah. Do you know it's okay to be a name dropper when it comes to problems? That's right. You, aren't you glad that you can tell your problem about Jesus? Amen. A lot of people tell Jesus about their problem. He kind of knows your problem already. But when you tell your problem, sickness, you cannot, you cannot survive here because he is my healer. Failure, you cannot, failure, you cannot survive here because he's my partner. And when you begin to acknowledge him in praise and worship and prayer, he shows up at the mention of his name and he brings what you are declaring and what you decide you've needed from him. That's good preaching this morning. Aren't you glad this morning you know the master 
of the wind. We are getting ready this week, and it may have already happened. I know it already happened with um, uh, Skyler, but this is the week that we go back to school. This is the week that we submit several months of our life, and we submit to a teacher, we submit, submit to curriculum, and it's very important what the curriculum is. Many have been watching the news and showing they're trying to change all the curriculum, and I, I guess my attitude, it, if it was good for mom and dad, it's good enough for me. Amen. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for my kids. Amen. If reading, write, writing, and arithmetic is all that we need, then why would you fix something that's not broken? Amen. Just a thought. But we're going back to school. With that thought in mind, notice Matthew 11 and 28. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. For I am meek and humble in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I wrote down this morning, it's not this morning what you know. This morning it's who you know. It's not this morning what you know. Information is important, knowledge is power, we understand that. But it's important, who's in your boat? Who rode to church with you this morning? Who's going home this afternoon? Are you going to leave Jesus in the parking lot on your way home? Who's going to work with you tomorrow? I like that song that gives us the name of God. Don, I know you'll remember it. People say, well, I don't know what God's name, it's a mystery. Pastor Todd's already smiling. It's not a mystery. The song tells us what's the name of God. It's Andy. How many did not know that? You did not know the name of God was Andy. Three, four. Yeah. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. Andy tells me I am his own. And the joy we share, and the joy we share can never compare. I forgot the words, but it's a great song. And it gives us the name of God. But it shows us that we are talking and communicating with God. I wrote down here the world's best, the world's rest cannot compare to God's rest. The world's rest, the world's solution is to meditate. The church's solution is to meditate. The world's solution is to medicate. Tragically, look at somebody say tragically. Tragically. In the home of every person in the house probably, and those listening by podcast, every home has a medicine cabinet. How many in this place you have a medicine cabinet? Miss your hand. You have a medicine cabinet. We are taught at a very early age that medicine provides a solution to every physical problem. You scrape your knee, we put mercurcom on it. You get a toothache, we put that tooth stuff on it. There's a wound, there's a headache. You got a headache, you go to the medicine cabinet. You got a tummy ache, 
Al called yesterday, Michael ate some bad food. They solved it with, not prayer. They didn't pray. They got Pepto-Bismol. I said, why didn't you pray? You just saved $3.79. I know, because I just bought some yesterday. <laughs> Be sure your sins, not really. Be sure your sins will find you out. So the world's solution is to medicate. The word solution is to meditate. Psalm 5 and 1, give ear to my word, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Aren't you glad this morning that you can meditate on the things of God and you don't have to meditate on the things of the world because if God be for us, then who could possibly be against us? Amen. He said, learn from me. Learn from me. He's our Savior that gets us into heaven, but he's our teacher who teaches us to survive in this battlefield that we call earth. Sixty times in the New Testament, the Bible calls him teacher, rabbi, 60 times. John 17, 13, the disciples, he told the disciples, you call me teacher as I am. The Pharisee called him Nicodemus in John 3 and 2. We know that you are a teacher come from God. In Acts 4 and 23, he went through Galilee teaching in their synagogue and healing all kinds of disease. When he left us, he told us to teach one another. Matthew 28, 19, go you into all the world teaching, making disciples of all men. My destiny this morning, my goal this morning, my life plan this morning is to teach you to know Christ even better than you knew him when you walked in the building. Um, I have been blessed this past week with uh, probably $1,500 to $2,000 worth of plants. There's a gentleman, Donald, has sold his duplex. He's been there 30 years. And uh, his yard, I think I counted over 40 different perennials, uh, probably 1,000 different bushes and trees. It was crazy. And he told me that I could have any any of the plants I wanted. So I got some crepe myrtles, I got some rows of Sharon's, I got some flocks, I got some tiger lilies, I got some Asiatic lilies, I got some cannas. I probably got about 1500 to $2,000 worth of plants. And I was going somewhere with this, but I don't really remember what it was. <laughs> Pardon me? It was, it was, anyway, so yesterday, oh, I know, yesterday, all the plants he gave me came with one condition. I had to dig them up. And you don't just dig them up. You dig them up and you put them in a root solution. You put them in good dirt. You put them in a good pot. And so way too busy to dig up plants, I delegated it to Aaron. And so Aaron went over. I'm not exaggerating. There's probably about 40 different plants in my yard that Aaron dug up. Now tomorrow... Aaron's going to go plant them because I've learned the ability to delegate. And you this morning have the ability. Very few things I do for myself. I did dress myself this morning. I did, I did accomplish it. I picked out this shirt with the, 
with these pants. But I have learned to delegate things to the Holy Spirit. And I've asked him for help. I've asked him for wisdom. I asked him for direction. Oh, all of a sudden I remember why I shared that story. Donald is 72 and Donald has a green thumb. And being around Donald just a few hours, I learned three or four things about gardening wow. that I did not know. But I learned them because I hung around someone that knew. Get people in your life that can encourage you. Get people in your life that can motivate you. Get people in your life that will love on you and seize the value and seize the potential. And is not afraid to sow quality time into your life. My goal this morning is to teach you things about the Lord that you did not know or teach you things that you already knew to just reaffirm what God is in your life. I wrote here, feelings come and go, but knowledge is more important than your feelings. How many knows that? A lot of times our feelings can mess us up and wipe us out, discourage us, but we go in and operate because we know God's in control regardless of what our feelings say. And feelings can be a blessing. Feelings can be powerful, but they can also be derogatory and they can be negative. Don't let feelings mandate your life. Remember, he was in the boat. He's the one that said, let us go on to the side. It's God's will to heal you. It's God's will to restore you. It's God's will to prosper you. It's God's will to feed you and to bless you. That's what God does. This bottle holds water. God is here to encourage us, to bless us, to help us with our life and give us a better tomorrow. Look at somebody say, a better tomorrow. tomorrow. John 16 and 33, these things I speak in you that you might have peace. In this world you shall have tribulation. Say it with me. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He said, I have in this world, you shall have tri- but be a good cheer, for I have overcome tribulation. Aren't you glad this morning? He knows the storm you're going through. He has the antidote. He has the cure. He has the hope. You simply have to apply it to your spiritual life and believe that he will do what he says he will do. Learn from me, he said. Manasseh, that word learn, Manasseh in the Hebrew means disciple, a student. 278 references in the New Testament to the word disciple. The word Christian is only found three times. A Christian is an important word. That's a powerful word. But the word disciple to learn from God is found almost 300 times in the New Testament. He said, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. Submission. I think about to the things of God, the yoke is easy and the burden is light. Uh, I, remember the, I remember the yoke of the world. And I'm not here to bring up any bad memories or to stir up anything. And our Hope House girls are not here today, so I'm not going to uh, hurt them in any way. But when I look back at the yoke of the world, I look back at the bondage to Marlboro. I look back at the addiction to cocaine. I look at the pills, I look at the hash, I look at the marijuana. It was very costly to survive in the world according to the yoke that I placed upon myself through addiction. I remember I was always a working, I was always a functioning drug addict. I remember I'd party all night and go to work with the clothes that I had on that night before and I made good money. I was a journeyman carpenter, 1974. But when I look back and think about 
You spend all your money on Friday night, Saturday night, you're broke Sunday. That's the yoke of the world. Right. When you think of the bondage that the world puts you in, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Aren't you glad this morning that his yoke is easy and our burden is light? And that's submitting to the things of God. How do we submit? We learn to love the things that God loves. And we learn to hate the things that God hates. Right. Well, what does God hate? He hates pride. He hates strife. He hates contention. He hates disobedience. He hates sin. He said, take my yoke upon me. When I think about the yoke the world cost me and the years I wasted, seven or eight years wasted there, just, 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 just wasted. I think about the yoke that they place on an oxen. They will take a stronger, older, wiser ox, and they will yoke a younger, less mature ox to that, old, that older, more mature ox. And that, that older, mature ox under that yoke will lead that young ox and teach him how to submit to that yoke. That's what that word submit means. He said, submit to me, submit to my counsel, submit to my direction, submit to my guidelines, submit to my authority, submit to the counsel that I give you in my word. He is in control, and I wrote down here, he wants to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Now think about that for a minute. God has a place he wants you to be. You're, you're not just a freeloader. You're not just blowing in the wind. But Jeremiah 29, 11, well quoted around this house. I know the plans I have. They're God's plans. Yes. God has a plan for your life. If you're living below that, that level or you're not pursuing that throttle, and you're not applying that, that what God has for you. He's got a lot more for you than you're living in now. Amen. He said, I know the plans I have for you. He said, they are good plans. God's plans, God's future. God is good and God has good plans for us. I remember um, the word surrender and what that word means. And ironically, in battle, you're told to put your hands up. Isn't that amazing? That's how we surrender and praise. We lift our hands up. But I look at the famous uh, song that Elvis Presley made popular where he said, I did it my way. Well, what did that get him? Elvis claimed at a very young age he felt the call of God on his life to be a part of full-time ministry. He learned how to sing in the Assembly of God church that he attended. God had great plans for Elvis's life, but Elvis got distracted. He got sideswiped. And he died premature. He was a great musician. He was a great artist. He was a legend. Uh, he's been called the king of many things. He was a legend, but Elvis did it his way. Decide not to do it your way and find out how God wants you to do it. Luke 6 and 46, no teacher is above his, no student is above his teacher, but every student who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Wow. I love that song that says, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, that's all I ask, to be like him. All through life's journey from here to glory, that's all I ask. I want to be like him. And that's where that word, uh, Christ-like, they were called Christians, that word that word Christian means Christ-like. And Pastor Tyrone, I'm very careful. People say, 
Are you a Christian? That's quite a statement to say I'm Christ-like. Right. And my, my attitude usually is, no, but I'm working on it. Right. No, but I'm working on it. I'm bought by blood. I'm born in the family. Now I'm growing and I'm working on to be like Jesus. I wrote down here, it's not what you wear or what you eat. Uh, I had a lot of stuff on Facebook about the Sabbath, about the Torah, about how to pronounce the name of Jesus, how to, how to say it like this, how to say it like that. I remember I grew up in a generation, uh, Linda would probably relate, um, Donna will relate. Uh, I grew up in a generation where if you were a Christian, you didn't wear this, you didn't wear that, your dress was a certain length, your hair was a certain length, your sleeves were a certain length. I mean, that was the way that I was raised. It was legalism, and it was wrong. And there are religions today that tell you what you can eat and what you can't eat. Listen, your, your appetite does not make you Christ-like. Your, your appetite does not make you God-like. But God has not placed us in bondage. He put food on this earth for us to eat. Amen. Hello. Right. And I'm going to eat a steak over... Ne never mind. I'm getting hungry. I'm headed to Carabas in about four minutes. So let me, let me share what this is. It's not what you wear or what you eat. It's a relationship with your teacher who was sent from God. Amen. How well do you know him? Isaiah 65 and 8. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. But Philippians 2 and 15 says, let this mind be in you. With God, we could not know the thoughts of God, but with Christ, we can know the, the, the thoughts of God. He said, your ways are not my ways. Psalms 35 and 4, David said, teach me your ways, O Lord. So we can know the thoughts of God. We can know the ways of God. We can know the purpose of God. We can know the plan of God. He's hiding it not from you, but for you because it's special. It's the greatest thing that you will ever encounter in your life. And it will set you free because Romans John 3, 8 and 36 says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. I love the writings of Paul in Galatians 5 where he says, Stand fast in liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again to the yoke of bondage. That song says, Like a bird out of prison that's taken its flight. Like a blind man that God gave back his sight. Like a poor wretched beggar found fortune and fame. I'm so glad that I found out he could bring me out with his holy name. Help me. Thank God I am free, free, free from this world of sin. Been washed in the blood of Jesus. Been born again. Hallelujah. I'm saved, saved, saved by his glorious power. I'm so glad that I found out that he could bring me out this very hour. Don't live another minute without the freedom that God has provided for you. He said, I am gentle. And I'm humble, and I conclude with this. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See at the portal, he's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, Come home as every head is bowed, as every eye is closed. If you're here this morning with the sound of my voice, either by way of you're here or by podcast, and you're not where you want to be with the Lord, and maybe you put your walk 
on pause. Maybe you realize you haven't been pursuing the things that God wants you to pursue. Maybe you've been discouraged or frustrated or just beat down as the wave after wave after wave crashes into the boat and you've been bailing water for years and you're living in a boat that you're afraid is going to sink and you're holding on to a thread. This word this morning was for you. He is in your boat. He is in control and he will speak peace to your storm and he, he will get the glory and he will get the praise and you will get the favor and the honor that he bestows upon those that he loves. Pastor, I'm not really where I need to be with the Lord today, but I made up my mind. I'm going to get back to that place. Don't embarrass me. Don't bring attention to me, but that's where I'm at. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm coming back. I'm going to get back. I'm going to get back on track. If that's where you're at, just put your hand up. Put it right back down. Is there one? Sure. Is there another? Sure there is. Sure there is. All over this place. Heavenly Father, you are precious and you're awesome and we trust you. We have complete confidence that you're able to fulfill your word, to follow up on your word. Let the word this morning pierce our heart and spirit. Let the word this morning get our attention. Let us realize that we are not alone. No matter how scary the finances are, no matter how scary the family, no matter how scary the, the problems, the, the things that we're encountering on the job and encountering in our life and our spirit, you are in control and we trust you. We cast all our care upon you for you care for us. Be with us today. Guide us and direct us. Let us receive what you have and let us give it away as quickly as we've received it to be your hand extended to bless somebody else. In Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, Amen. Look at somebody say, Amen, Amen, Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow in an offering this morning. We have been faithful in God's tithe. He says, bring the tithe and offering into the storehouse this morning. If there's a seed that you would like to plant. Uh, yesterday, I meant to bring them up here and show you, but yesterday my friend Donald, my new friend Donald, gave me a little round 